Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another session of Own In, Be It. And our guest today is the one and the only designer, Porama Ghosh. She's, that's not just her only title, and you will know why. Porama Ghosh is the founder of her six-year-old namesake. She is a textile artist based out of Calcutta and by degree is a lawyer. She left a decade-long career in law where she was a part of a few of India's most noted law firms to pursue her passion in art. In February 2015, she started the brand Poroma, which is now a sensation all over the globe. Poroma also has a loving definition of her brand. She calls it stories on fabric. Through threads, needles, and weaves, the brand aims to share and tell everyday stories from Calcutta. And now, if you ask why Calcutta, that's because Calcutta, the city, is her biggest muse. She has been translating picture postcards of the city on fabric, starting from Yellow Taxis, Hara Bridge, College Street, dialogues from Satyajit Ray's movies, forgotten lyrics and old songs, poems, love letters, and the list is endless. And these are all part of her work. Borama works with Katha, Batik, Chandani, and other traditional art, textile, and weaves of Bengal and rest of India. They have their own set of weavers in Murshidabad and Pulia. Today, as we speak, Borama has 70 women working in their Katha unit in Shantiniketan and about 35 in the stitching unit in Calcutta. The love for the mundane and the simpler things in life is what makes not only Borama the brand unique, but I think the individual that she is exceptionally unique. So thank you for Borama for coming on here and welcome. And thank you for taking the time out to be with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And it's a pleasure knowing you for so many years. And uh, I also feel proud that, uh, you know, you've seen Parama grow from its, you know, teething years. Yes, yes. What, what now? Yeah, it, it is. And like I was telling you before we went on record, that it's a pleasure to see, you know, how the thing has grown. It's become a global sensation. And it's incredible. I think this is something that you should be extremely, extremely proud of, of what you have achieved. Um, but I know you are a part of you. I probably feel also is quite scared because, you know, there's all these anticipation and fear they are bound to come. Uh, when you sort of grow in scale and the kind of heights it has reached. Uh, but we'll come to that bit later. So let me start by asking you, Parama, how does it feel when you look back, six years back, when you just started and today, how does it feel? I think it was uh, like this six years still feel like a year or two, you know, I think time just flew. I mean, it just flew on a jet plane. I mean, uh, I, I didn't even have the time to, if you ask me what happened each year, I would not be able to tell you because I I have never looked back at Poroma, you know, year-wise. It has been very fast in the sense that fast and busy, not fast in terms of growth. I'm saying the entire journey um, it's like a child grow and the child really grow fast. Yeah. So uh, it's more on those lines. And uh, when I look back, um, of course, uh, you know that from coming from a very conventional uh, Bengali family where uh, uh, the outlook is very so-called middle class, what we, yeah. uh, what we term as middle class is, uh, you know, not only in terms of economics, but I think we also term middle class as something, uh, you know, um, as you would not venture out of your comfort zone. Mm. You would all want to have um, a fixed job, a retirement plan and mm. something which uh, every at the end of every month, uh, your bank account should be, you know, should look a certain, yeah. Sum of money. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I come from a family of uh, four. I'm the fourth generation lawyer in the family, so um, you know nobody ever in my entire family history had been an entrepreneur or started something on their own. In the sense that it had been a family of lawyers, and because law did well for all of us, you know nobody even ventured out of their comfort zone. So obviously, when I started. Um, 
I I mean it was a huge decision. I mean it may sound uh, you know now at the end of six years it might sound uh, all that jazzy and colorful, but when we started, I mean almost everyone uh, would say this is a very uh, bad decision, so-called bad decision, because uh, law is such a it's such a questioning. Law, law. Even though uh, it's not a government sector job, it's something that uh, does not get hit by recession. Law is something which is like uh, you know going to a doctor. You would always need a lawyer. So lawyers generally don't go out of jobs. So uh, you know how it is, and especially I think that this is also uh, something which Bengalis you know strictly believe that you know you should have a job. Like yeah. where is your? What do you do for a living? Yeah. So. It was very difficult initially, also because, um, like I said, the law is a lucrative career, so 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 to say. And uh, leaving law after ten years, a decade, and without having any formal training either in business or in fashion, you start your own line of clothing. It wasn't easy to begin with, but um, I think uh, you know it that 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 taking a call was. Uh, Difficult, but once I started, I uh, I did not think you know I did not look back. I think uh, I I uh, practiced fearlessness consciously, and that that helped. Yeah. Just if I have to attribute the success of the brand to a particular um, um, attribute, it would be fearlessness more than anything else. Then comes hard work. Then comes everything else. But to begin with, it's fearlessness. It's it's uh, the readiness to jump into something yeah. which you are not very sure of. Because, like I said, be it business, be it fashion, I do not have a formal education in any of them. Mm. Yeah, but Parma, there's another thing that you said when I met you, like many many years ago. I mean, I've met you a couple of times, but when I first met you, there was something very interesting that you said, and which I think is the first time that I heard anyone. Say that, except Bibi Russell. She came on our show last year, and she said something very similar to what you said to me many years ago, which is that you decided to pick your tailor, the the local tailor who's who stitched your clothes as you were growing up, to sort of make the things, you know, as you started venturing to kind of design those things, which later then you said, as I grow, I want to make them grow as well because they will grow with me, and I want to hold on close to them. And this is very unique, and this is something um, that, as I said, I only heard Bibi Russell say that you know who came back all the way to Bangladesh to you know to sort of you know be with her people, and she said you know if I just give if I'm just able to pull this one thing off, it feeds a family of you know this family in, in this village, um, and that is a very unique way of giving back to the community, giving back to the society. So uh, tell me, like, was that also a kind of a drive that you decided on or was that a part of you know was it was it a part of at the back of your thinking process when you decided to leave law and come and do start something on your own well uh, so uh, see uh, this 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 is not an overnight decision no business decision or no such huge decision in your life can be overnight so uh, what i used to do is i used to design my own uh, blouses in a unique way and i uh, would design for my friends for my relatives and everything you know all all around like if there's a wedding in the house then obviously uh, someone would ask me to design the blouses for the trousseau and um, it was the the my my own tailor who would uh, do it for all of us and then you know it was an easy choice also it was a conscious choice but it was also an easy choice to try someone who i already knew because i knew that you know training him to uh, better to um, make things which would also sell and not only you know uh, be uh, used by relatives and friends so i thought that you know someone who i knew would be easier to uh, to work with more than train i think he trained me more than i uh, trained him so more than training the right word would be uh, to work with someone who you yeah. know you have a 10 year old um, uh, comfort zone with who who knows your idiosyncrasies who who knows your temperament and um, that is why you know i also the lack of choice i would not be i would not be uh, dishonest with you when you begin 
he was the only person that i knew i would not uh, the, i would not lie to you that you know had there been many choices also now when i look back i know he would always be my first choice because like i said mm-hmm. a lot of comfort working with someone you already know and also it is um, i think um, it's close it's like close to home what we yes. term it's someone uh, you you who have actually grown with you not only to uh, in terms of business but you have known him for say 10 years mm. so we both knew each other so yes that that definitely helped and i always feel most of the people i have worked with i have known them you mm. know even the the katha unit uh, that uh, we have i mean i knew that person from before it's okay. not that i worked with absolute now that the business has grown obviously my team has also grown mm. i am who i have not known before but most of my um uh, team members are people who i already knew my first teammate my first colleague also i had known her since she was a school child like she was a she was, she was a child literally and today she has grown with my brand for the past 5 years she's been working with me and uh, like if you t- tell me that um, the she's my right hand woman like someone i would uh, you know blindly trust um, in a business i have learned that you know in a very hard way that it is so difficult to trust anyone blindly so for her i can say that she's the only person who i can trust almost blindly so seeing someone so most of my team members uh, most of them are people who i already knew from the from years uh, before i had started the business actually so in a way what you're saying is as you grew as the brand grew so did all these people who you knew from a very very long time the relationship strengthened and they grew as well and i think that's an incredible story in itself because not people just look at you know there are two aspects as i was talking to you earlier that one aspect is okay all these amazing designs that you make and they are there and there's somebody to take care of the payment and the process is smooth and then there is a whole unit of people behind the scenes right who are literally working to make this happen and that yes. team is something that has that is with you that has been with you since probably you conceived borama in a way right um and they have grown with it so what is it that you take back to them and what is it as a as a business person now coming in terms of money and all these crises that the world is seeing in the middle of a global pandemic um how did your understanding of responsibility towards these people changed and did you grow apart did you come closer how did this relationship play out and it's still playing out see uh, i would f- first like to mention their uh, their emotion towards the brand or towards me uh, they knew me uh, as an individual and not as some as a brand owner when they knew me so i think the personal connect the the whole thing that you know i wish her well was the topmost uh, priority in their lives also and they re- were really proud to see me grow i think that is a huge huge impetus strangers might cheer you up cheer for you there might be new colleagues who would uh, really work hard for you because you you are good to them but people who have known you as a person mm. Mm. nothing to do with business yeah. has uh, only as a person would always have that kind of an interpersonal uh, connection with you they would always wish you well mm. in my case have and mm. uh, they would always want you to and for them also it's a learning experience yes they to as say a college girl they had seen you as someone who was a lawyer and then when they see that you know uh, with so much um, i mean uh, uh, fearlessness like i said with so much great uh, she started something on her own they would also want to back up back you up they would you will always have their mm. back as persons as humans and not mm. as a disappointments yeah. that really helped because they all wished me well um, mm. not as colleagues but as people who knew me so for me they are more like family they are mm. i have perceived them only as colleagues uh, so 
after the after this global pandemic happened mm. and everything haywire um it never occurred to me i won't say it never occurred to me sometimes it did sometimes i felt felt that you know there's no business and how am i going to you know run the show mm. pace people uh, since the team has really grown in this past 5 6 years uh but you know at the end of the day you also give it back to them because you know that when you had nothing literally nothing in terms of money business fame whatever you call it um these people were there with me so mm. your your uh, responsibility towards them is also manifold i mean mm. it's all a two way traffic mm. and uh, i think uh, because the way they have given back to me it is it never occurred to me that i would leave them midway mm. oh just because there's a global pandemic Mm-hmm. so for us um, i i have uh, i can proudly say that um, yes it occurred to me once or twice that you know should i go for a pay cut or should i tell them that i would pay pay you this amount later but now that i have uh, i have a bad um, uh, very very uh, turbulent business situation yeah. not be able to give you your full salary and all that but you know then my father said a Uh, said something which is very non business um like he said that if you need money you take from me but you know never do that i mean mm. karma <laughs> the wrong way and please don't do that you take all my money to pay them salaries and you know then i realized that if your business uh it's not for all businesses obviously some businesses are hit very badly mm. but i also That what have I done in this five years? If I can't pay my uh, people three months' salary just by sitting and doing nothing, or my viewers, I mean, I mm. I need to have that base. You mm. know, that was a that was a uh, what should I say? That was kind of an eye opener. Also, your business should have that cushioning where uh, I'm not saying that if the pandemic went on for one, the, that situation went on for a year, then what would I have done? But if you can. since most of these people are in an economic situation slightly lower than where you are it is your responsibility you can't run mm. away from uh, saying that you know mm. there's there's a global pandemic mm. i mean uh, you have to i have learned that you have to run a business in a way that uh, you have to foresee that if there are four months of no business what you could do with your employees and your viewers and your artists which is like a huge number mm. so uh, that i think from the pandemic this is what we learned this mm. is what we learned you know if you your business should not only be uh, sustainable when there's a huge kind of surge in the when people are surging but they should also be able to sustain when there's a pandemic yeah yeah no that's very beautifully put because you know you've seen like most businesses come to a close and uh, some literally complaining on the facts that they can't pay you know the viewers and stuff and then there is this whole it's like running in good times you know everybody can be good to you when when the sun is shining and it's all bright and you know uh, yeah. fine and mm-hmm. when it's when it's really dull it it really matters you know who's able to uh, walk um, The, the the rope at that point of time so very well done because i saw that you are probably one of the very few people who created a whole line of designs in the middle of the pandemic right and you were launching these uh, amazing collections of jamdanis and uh, and beautiful blouses and uh, amazing sarees now coming also, to the and i have to add this that uh, tapushri we also paid bonus to each and every one of them during wow. pujo because uh, yearly bonus yeah. and uh, really proud and i would not you know uh, try to bring modesty in between us i would yeah. uh, say that i was very proud that yeah. you know we could bonus to all of them yeah no i'm extremely proud because when i saw like the instagram posts and i was like wow here is somebody who is literally like we all got hit by the pandemic for sure but then there is some then, then i saw your posts and i was like wow here is somebody who's literally 
pulling you know her socks up to keep to keep going and to you know keep on with whatever is happening is happening yes but then here i am i'm going to create these and i'm going to be out there and that's a big big learning even as an individual you know there's a lot to learn from you which i've already said many times um now coming to your favorite bit which is the which is the city the city this entire city of calcutta is your is plays a very very important part in what you do and this fascination as i understand it cannot be something that has just happened it must be there from the time you probably gained consciousness you know um so tell me more about why this fascination if you can really pinpoint or if you can really share any stories around what fascinates you the most i know mundane things do and you know a daily regular life does but how do you then bring up what is your process of bringing those as stories on fabric i um see i have all, i have told this before and i will say this again that uh, you know my father instilled that love for the mundane uh, he always uh, taught us to find uh, beauty in the ordinary hmm. he always said you know, it is very easy to find uh, beauty in the extraordinary but hmm. people who can beauty in the mundane always have a better life they never get bored like if you can find uh, if you get fascinated by your garden or by the walls around or by say just your uh, the gate next to your house i mean there's nothing more beautiful than that if you can churn out art out of it then nothing like that because then you don't have to like you are not looking mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. how you have grown up so i think i uh, i grew up in an environment where where you know i i noticed every little thing Mm. and uh, uh, my father though we were brought up uh, in a south calcutta locality in nivalipur uh, my father made sure that you know we we travel to the northern part of the city as well see the streets um, i used to know the names of all the north calcutta streets by heart mm. and uh, which is very unusual in the sense that people used to say that you know north calcutta is like a labyrinth you don't mm. uh, get if you don't know the roads so from very childhood i i was very acquainted with the city and maybe because i was so fascinated that mm. i didn't i didn't have to look for another muse i mean i mm. found so much of uh, details and um, so many things to work with that i um, i am not saying that uh, you know in my travels i have not found inspirations in mm. my travels i have but having traveled um, uh, to different and many places i mean i always say that i earn so that i can travel <laughs> so having said that i have not been fascinated by anything more than calcutta and that is what you know really surprises me because i've actually traveled to a lot of places and even then at the end of the day i think um, you know you want to come back home and uh, that feeling of home i think i have got from calcutta uh maybe because i have never left the city i mean i have never mm. studied in city i have never i got married to someone uh, who's from the city i've worked in the city for years and um, so all these things clubbed together i think i never wanted to um venture out it's just like you know you got george clooney as your first boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> is like that you know i never uh, i never found anything more fascinating than calcutta having traveled to many wonderful places and having yeah. drawn in i think calcutta is like a living scrapbook which we used to make when we were at school i mean it's full of colors it's how you discover it's like discovering mm-hmm. a lover i mean mm-hmm. everyone has their own ways of discovering the city and uh, having worked at the high court being surrounded by so many fascinating buildings i had a line which um, uh, had all the grills of old calcutta houses because i felt that you know some day th- these buildings will get promoted these plots will get promoted and all these buildings will mm. be nowhere so uh, you know we had photographed the grills of uh, old calcutta buildings and had embroidered them on blouses so you know little things i mean it is not as uh, trams and taxis or the howrah bridge might be mm. the most popular icons yeah. but there are other things hmm. not that every tells as uh, <laughs> as the popular ones tax then howrah bridge but then you know not everything is also for sale so yeah. i have 
explored those parts of the city also business wise uh, they might not have done very well uh, i mean very candid about it and but uh, you know deep inside they have given me so much of joy it's like documenting your favorite person it's like photographing and working uh, on your favorite person so you know, calcutta is like a living person for me uh, so like i said there are so many things I mean, yeah no i mean and the things that 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 don't haven't sold yet you know it's always like something bigger is probably coming your way and it always has been um you know it's just like taking turns and it's like you know you've grown i've seen you know you you grow from from very like very start so i know that it's today probably it doesn't but there will be a time when the grill blouses are going to be super famous <laughs> no but you know i am very hopeful because a lot of people had told me you know your designs initially was so calcutta centric how do you um, how do you see yourself 5 years from now because only people from calcutta would buy or people who have settled abroad but originally from calcutta would be interested in your products but you know that within 6 months of my business i knew that that's not true i mean no. most of Calcutta themed uh, pieces. Ninety percent of my things are Calcutta centric, anyways. Have done better with people who have never been to Calcutta. Yeah. Who have, you know, I keep on harping on that point because that's a complete myth. That mm. uh, because your uh, your products have Calcutta like written on it. Uh, people who are not from Calcutta, who are not Bengalis, who have no fascination uh, fascination towards the city, would buy it. That's a myth. Mm. within 6 months i realized that that mm. you know most of my pieces went to people who have never visited the city in fact mm. i was told i really want to visit calcutta because i want to see it through your eyes and i want to see what you find in the city which uh, there are many people from the city who are friends with us but we have never seen this kind of love for a city so um, uh, that's not true that only bengalis or mm. only people yeah. from calcutta No, no, it it has a global appeal, uh, and you successfully have taken on an allegation, and the allegation goes like this: that um, you have made a whole generation of women turn their back with a lot of pride, you know. And <laughs> I think I think that's a very beautiful and a great allegation to have. um and quite successfully and uh, because most of your work at the at the goes at the back of the blouse and you know people turn with a lot of pride and they show their backs with a lot of pride you know which we didn't have so it was a it's a very successful generation change that you have added to a, a new dimension that you got into all the women around so now moving away from women you also work with men and you have amazing collection uh with uh, you know with things with men so was it a gradual move towards uh, this designing for men or did something happen uh, that made you also incorporate designs for men um it was a gradual thing because see, initially when we started blouses and sarees uh, i don't think i got the time to do anything else later we ventured out into uh, kids wear or um, uh, kids wear were always there from the very beginning but i had i could never develop a series or a line because there was no time because um, at sarees are way easier to to churn out in a business than blouses because blouses come with sizes and indian women come in various sizes so doing blouses was never as easy as it may seem today i mean every uh, day was a learning experience every day we had to you know work on because like i said some somebody might have might be very thin but they might have sunny day all arms like i do yeah, so, yeah. you don't but in our but somebody might be fasty so you know it's it's a combination combination you cannot just brand someone excess mm. or m or l um it's not a t-shirt it's not a stretchable mm. item so uh, blouses took a lot of uh, and maybe because i'm not from the fashion background it took me more years to learn but um, yeah so the whole thing about you know getting the right size done and you know clients coming to you and saying that it fits like a glove it is not an easy task because it's a ready made thing you're not measuring the client hmm. it's an online where where you you don't um, see the client and uh, so it took me years to settle on this you know perfect coming to perf- not perfection obviously but uh, coming close to, to it to, 
a certain level of perfection so far as blouses are concerned so before that i did not venture into anything else or didn't even have the time to but now that um, you know i i can i uh, have a bigger team now i you know want to venture out more on the men's line on kids wear mm. and for uh, mana coming into like so we've touched upon the designs and everything and as you said that you know indian women come in different forms and and that's true for human beings in general we are all of different varying sizes and everything and uh, so if i were to ask you what's the most irritating question that you have received from clients over these 6 years the, the question that irritates you a lot you can share today i always um i always think a person should uh, find the time to ask price please i mean uh, the what pp i don't know why but I, it has no it has no logic it has absolutely no logic why i hate that word but you know i think like i said in the beginning that you know i wanted to have a website so that i don't have to answer pp's i i felt you know first <laughs> is pp please then i told fine that pp itself has please so don't have to <laughs> but very rude from my end and especially when you, i didn't have a website then obviously people will ask you the price if you have not mentioned from the product then obviously people have all the right in the world to ask you but somehow it it uh, you know kind of yeah and initially uh, sometimes it irritated me whenever i i always used to photograph my uh, things i was a one person brand when i started yeah. so i photograph uh, my products on my uh, living room wall and people would ask where have you bought that painting from <laughs> where what that wall hanging from and i would say the clothing brand you can only ask me about the product but now you know i enjoy one once those things go away i think you start uh, missing them missing also. them yeah those 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 were very interactive questions so to say i mean there are lots of uh, interactions around that and yeah that uh, because they are now with the professional shoot people don't ask you uh, such questions Yeah, now it's more professional. Now you have a website with all the prices, very explicit. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this, just don't ask for a ma pp, and then add a please to it. <laughs> Good humor, but I just wanted to find out that what do you do with that time? I mean, yeah. just ask in a sentence. Yeah, but no, it's it's that is absolutely my own personal thing. My girls don't get uh, annoyed at all. And no, it's, it's, that, that's yeah. That 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 that's why I I thought I would ask you because you know you as a person is also important because you're the face of the brand in any which way you create it. Um. So when you sort of started venturing out and uh, did and and now it's been such a long time that you're doing this. Um. Uh, this non qualification of into design and into business. Um. I know fearlessness is a big part that you that that plays you know in your life. but there's also this fact of acceptance that comes with qualifications in the wider world right and okay. did you have to, did you have to struggle and is this an ongoing struggle or is this something that you don't have to uh, think about now um initially yes uh, i i had a lot of uh, so called inferiority complex which uh, people talk about that you know this felt inferior to people who had uh, a fashion degree and um, in in situations where there would be other calcutta designers present in a certain social gathering i would not be okay to introduce myself and uh, you know i would always uh, behave like a backbencher or someone who has been you know standing outside the class you know i always mm. had this kind of a feeling that you know i don't belong there and then uh, over the years uh, i had to work Uh, on myself to come to terms with the fact that you know uh, i mean uh, even without a degree with years of learning i mean with it took me maybe 3 years to learn a lot of things which people from the uh, fashion school have already learned and started but there might be some other things in me which has made me survive i mean why should i always feel so low and so low in terms of uh, you know confidence mm. uh, i still believe that you know i am not uh, really friends with the with the uh, 
the elite designers of the city i have never been friends with any one of them and uh, it is not because i didn't want to be friends with them but it has somehow not happened and i still regret that i am not uh, in their circle sometimes i feel you know not being included this is not their fault or perhaps not my fault either but somehow when you come from a certain background you gel well you make a community i have never been a part of that community and i have no qualms in saying that i have been like a lone fox you know lone wolf <laughs> trying to figure things out and um, the first time when india story happened india story was something where you don't get to apply they choose you so india story was a huge platform uh, one of the biggest in the countries and when i got chosen i think that was the first step where i actually spoke to the designers of the city even though we all belong to the same city first time people actually noticed me look we buy people people from the fashion fraternity and not people who buy things from me uh, with them i don't have any lack of confidence or anything i mean it's it's they made me but uh, with the people from fashion fraternity i think uh, that was my first um stint and people actually started coming and talking to me for the first time and you know that was a that was kind of a booster in the sense that confidence booster that well you know like i'm somewhere in there yeah. i'm not you were not invisible anymore so there there definitely and i think i saw that change like so for a long period of time you definitely were invisible not to us not to people who know your products and who buy from you not to us but to the mainstream media you were quite still quite hidden you know you were invisible to them for a long period of time but now it's not now you know i'm i mean personally i can tell you i'm quite proud each time you're cover you know you're on the cover page of one of these newspapers i'm like yeah well done for a while there you go so it's it's uh, it's quite nice that this journey has been so now how is your confidence level do you do you still have those feelings of being insecure or uh, uh, no on uh, uh, not at all in fact uh, like i said i had all had to work on myself and secondly i think things also worked for me mm. in the sense that no once you do well in terms of uh, your work automatically it comes as a confidence booster and then you don't really think whether you are included mm-hmm. in a section in on a certain circle whether why why these people are always uh, you know um, having fun together and you are not included you don't have those things mm-hmm. because i have a set of friends i have my own mm-hmm. set of clients i have my own world where 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 uh, i do not have the time also to you know initially those things used to affect me now it doesn't uh, firstly and secondly i think um, i have also learned it in my journey that it is not only a degree in fashion that makes you do well mm. there are other things also so if someone from a fashion uh, there uh, i can say that there are people from who have a better degree a proper degree from a fashion school but they are they might not be doing great in business because that balance between business and fashion might not be there yeah. i mean it, it might be a rude statement but this is what i have noticed in uh, noticed in you learned on the job is probably something that the four walls of a college or university don't teach uh, when you study the subject so i I'm agree not, with you uh, you know and very rightly so that sometimes not knowing the grammar of it actually yeah. takes you away in the sense that you are fearless you no grammar no language can actually bind you 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 have i mean for you the imagination is everything mm. no no fashion school has ever taught you that you have to stop here and maybe not being able to stop there is taking you two steps ahead of mm. us who have a degree in fashion mm. you know i said uh, my training in law has uh, taught me immensely about the business part of it because mm. that has nothing to do exactly with uh, the creativity or, yeah yeah it's to do with the with fashion or the the training or the formal education uh, law has taught me the business part of it you know mm. especially how how to deal with humans i mean at the yeah. end of the day humans mm. meet your car your artisan beat your client 
or your colleagues i mean it is it, it, uh, that is what law has taught me so i could not take away that learning from my life at all mm. and uh, so now coming now you rightly we are going to move into something that's very controversial so this um, i know that you come from a family of lawyers so you are pretty well trained to talk about this so there is a lot of uh, you know things around being copied especially in this online world and plagiarism is a part of you know most of our lives and you do something and the next thing you know is like there are 10 copies of it in the market and it's much easier to do it with designs like yours you know like um, today you you make a you know a, a blouse with say hara bridge tomorrow you have 10 different bridges you know and you know, with same kind of things and lesser price and and just you know kind of creating that space of uh, plagiarism and just like giving it a lot of weight and just copying things randomly now i know that has happened to you and you have been you know blatantly copied at many points and people have and i know that you went on to say that um that there are a lot of work for everybody you know people don't really need to copy so how was it dealing with it at the point when you found out that you're being because it's uh, that you found out that you're being copied and your designs are being stolen and picked up and shared all over the internet so uh, when uh, when i started and within 6 months my designs started getting copied mm-hmm. um i realized that you know um, this is a good business i mean if people copy you it is an instant um, uh, booster in the sense that you know that you are on the right track so while it comes with a lot of negativity later mm-hmm. the first reaction is well like i have arrived in the sense that not arrived arrived but what i meant to say is uh, you understand that this business is going to stay for a while mm-hmm. because if people are uh, copying you it means that um, you are doing something right mm-hmm. Because it has their interest yeah it speaks the interest this embroidered blouses uh, is something which i i would not claim that you know i invented them or no. i i first person to do it but doing the mundane on a blouse doing something which t-shirts carried for years on a blouse was something that i can safely you know say that mm. we had started at forma mm. and there before our brand we never saw a taxi or a sea um, howrah bridge on a blouse i mean the mundane mm. the we have seen roses and orchids on blouses but we have never seen a polished flower on a blouse before at least i did it but mm. with my knowledge mm. so uh, yeah so the moment that started getting off copied it was kind of a green signal that well you are on the right track mm. having said that over the years you know um it has taken i mean um, sometimes a toll on my mental health sometimes uh, you feel funny you laugh at it sometimes people show your copied designs and ask you if you can make it for them <laughs> and they would ask you then they would ask you that this uh, so and so someone is selling it for 500 rupees and why yeah. is your blouse um, 3000 uh, <laughs> That's several things, you know, and uh, I read an interview of Sabasati uh, Mukherjee where he said that you know I'm so proud that there are there is a whole industry which uh, which runs on my copies and I can there are so many families um, who are earning and getting fed every day making my copies, but I I have not reached that stage where I can you know proudly say that you know I'm running an economy where people are. <laughs> signing <laughs> on my copies or that large hearted that i can say right at this juncture of my yeah. career i does when i make money like him i might say that it's fun <laughs> yeah but now i not i can't say that um so you know it's a mix i have i have tried every possible way but sometimes i feel that it's such a waste of time because um See, there are two things. There are two kinds of people who copy, uh, who run this whole copy business. Uh, one is uh, rather three. There is one um, which is the absolute grassroots level, where you get a blouse, uh, a replica of your blouse for three hundred rupees mm-hmm. with with extreme, um, you know, I won't say bad finishing, but you know what I mean. At three mm-hmm. hundred, not. do certain things and um, those kind of copies i'm not bothered with 
I'll be very candid with you. And uh, I have seen on uh, a, a person selling in Gadia Hat in the footpath. He was selling a Devi blouse, which was uh, uh, which was for three hundred. And I went to him and I said, "This is the original picture. If you want to do it, do it in a better way." I'm the original. I'm the person who who had done this blouse, and uh, I think you're uh, you can do better. You know, with them, I do not have. They are not my direct competition. It's not my large-heartedness. Mm. It's only my awareness that they are not my competition, and I'm not threatened by them. So I can just go and tell him, mm. "Boss, you take you the image. You better do a better version." And that is for people who can afford, who can buy a three hundred rupees blouse, mm. and there is nothing wrong in it. I mean, everyone might not be able to wear a three thousand rupees blouse, and it's absolutely okay with me. Then comes the middle level, who are the who who I think uh, have my huge respect in the sense that they they recreate a design in a smaller time than my own masterjis do. And I have mm-hmm. told my masterjis, you know, I would throw you out, and I will hire these <laughs> brands uh, because they. replicate within 2 days and you have taken a month to you know <laughs> do this embroidery and you you have you know literally i'm amazed by them i have huge respect <laughs> for them really find out how in 2 days they they you know okay. i mean the yeah. finesse of it i'm not going to the intricacies of it but somehow they manage maybe with a, a hand embroidered thing they replicate it with machine mm. embroidery but they do it even they are not uh, the direct threats but obviously you know they definitely definitely uh, have a hold in the market they definitely ruin a large part of business for you because you know that there are people who are not there are people who are aware of the original brand but there are also people who are okay with buying a copy the the third and the most crucial is people who are those elite designers who take the main idea from you and i say that you know if my uh, if i have done a pulao with uh, without uh, say with paneer they would add chicken to it and take it to the next level and then they would sell it at a much higher price i have never spoken about this ever this is the first time i'm talking about it because that that is the tricky situation where mm. where people just you know lift the main idea the main story and then they decorate it with uh, cherries and uh, cashews and raisins and make it look better i would not take away that looking better away from them but what i feel is that you know the original idea was still mine and was yours have lifted it from me mm. you not like they are selling it for a 300 or a 350 they are selling it for a much higher price but the whole point is you know lifting that idea mm. with these people you can only feel bad because ultimately at the end of the day you go for a copyright or uh, you you copyright your this this is a long being a lawyer i know it's a long process and mm. at the end of the day you can't really like i said you just lift the the main motive yes. and then you with thousand other things hmm. i cake, i lift the cake recipe and then i decorate with a fondant which is hmm. not similar to us then you you get away with that hmm. Th- that third part of copies is the worst kind of copies and i think that sometimes used to uh, trouble me but having said that um, now i feel like i always say that there is a space for everyone and uh, people at the end of the day all there are good always be people who who can differentiate between genuine hard work mm. between honesty and what is mm. a copy so mm. i don't think that has you know really affected my business as such and that is why uh, after a point i don't uh, you know now i don't call out people i i just look at it and i let it go because there is no point i mean at the end mm. of the day you have to do your it might just encourage you to do better mm. and uh, you also get encouraged to have um, a clientele who would always there has to be something you know for me it's a very individually individual the brand is not a brand alone it has a lot to to do with the persons behind mm. it mm. and if people have a lot of faith in that person i think that makes a lot of difference it's yeah. not only stupid um, i think 
it's very human driven and it's also honest in in uh, certain ways where like i say that there are you can copy designs but you cannot copy the person you cannot copy the honesty uh, of that person you cannot there are certain things in the business that you can't replicate Mm. which we mm. not put on the internet which we do not put on the website mm. so that end um, calculation you cannot do i mean what is no. going right certain brand that is something which is unique to each brand mm. and that is something which you can't copy no matter how many designs you copy of that person mm. yeah that's true so uh, we are kind of almost close to an hour and i still have i think a lot of other questions but let me quickly ask you what are the three major if i had to ask you three major business learnings for you in all these years oh well that's that's quite tricky there are so many learnings um see um one would be um i used to um, it, it's very strange but uh, it, it 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 is when i was a lawyer i think i trusted people more that's very strange <laughs> to say that you know at law you don't make friends you can't trust anyone people are so yeah. shrewd they're so cunning and all that calculative but i think i have met uh, most of my friends and most of the right people in law uh, it is a learning for me uh, that uh, creativity and goodness uh cannot be best friends and it is it, it, it is i'm a fool if i think that every artist is a good human i mean if we have to learn it i had to learn it the hard way that uh you know you might be a great creator you might be a great artist but at the end of the day you might be a horrible human <laughs> yeah uh, so and and i might like your art a lot um i might uh, like what you do but i might not like you like as you, a human yeah. and that was a huge conflict initially because my whole rose tinted glasses things made me think that every artist is uh, you know is a, a beautiful great, human being godly, yeah. is a godly person and i would trust people very easily i think what law could not do in so many years um, my learning uh, being an entrepreneur is i knew who to trust and who not to i'm still in the process i yeah. i am very bad still but uh, yes <laughs> not to take anything for granted any human for granted people who have uh, worked with me for years even they have you know after a point uh, someone might have felt that you know she has got so much of uh, you know fame business whatever it is and if my hard work has added to that why not i start my own thing and you know that is also some kind of a learning and which which in law was very common i mean uh, people used to work in law firms they would learn everything and then they would leave and start their own law firms so it's not that i'm surprised uh, but i would not say that it doesn't hurt me so it is very very important for me to um, uh, what i have learned one major learning is to choose who is working with you that's very tricky i mean um, it, it is so sad that you know when we choose we have to think that well does she have a, a very strong fashion background will she you know lift everything from me and you know what i mean i mean this things come but now now that is also something that you have to make peace with and uh, you know that in or you will if you get a very good person ultimately that person also comes with the risk of starting something of his or her own so this is also something that i learned and another thing is uh, the third which is the most important is nothing and no one in this world can replace honesty if you are honest with your business it takes you the longest way i mean it might not make you the richest person in the world but it will give you so much of uh, peace in running the whole venture which i learned from the last year you know we slowed down i i i cannot say that uh, you know i was always busy for the past 5 years and the pandemic put a halt to it and then i realized you know where i was also going wrong where i had to slow down where i had to look into inwardly and not only outwardly and there i found that you know uh, that's thing i mean if you're honest to your business um, everything else uh, takes shape no matter what it might sound very 
Dalai Lama esque, but it is no. True. But that is true because the most work is in, it's from inside out, you know, inside out. It's not outside in, you know. And that's a, that's that that's probably the essence of what makes us human. And uh, it's it's amazing that you're coming from you know a person who's got this uh, business skills and designer and lawyer, and then you're talking about this. So tell me, um, how much of inner work does it take for you to be? where you are today or to for you to wake up every morning and do what you do how much of inner work that, that goes in that see inner work like i said for the first time in so many years due to the pandemic i could actually uh, look inwardly and i also um, so deeply that is and um, yes it, it it takes a lot and then then you know i i also wanted to work on myself because at the end of the day uh, that is also what my venture is uh primarily all about it's an extension of me i have never you know re really uh, taken forma as a different entity it's also so you know things that i worked out on myself is you know like like not to get bothered by what others are doing this pandemic was a huge eye opener i i realized that you know there would be people who are selling in floors and you you do not have a single item sold that month and then i realized you know what my mother used to say when i was in school that i'm not interested in what others have got i used to come out and say you know even the first girl has got 20 out of 100 in that subject my mother said you know i'm not interested in what she has got i'm only interested in what you have got so that i think the pandemic taught me that every business has their own journey someone might be doing uh, worse than me someone is doing exceptionally well but i have to only work on myself you know only work on my venture and see where it goes i think i work the most on that not to get bothered by what others are doing uh, whether whether somebody has finished her syllabus mm. and doing yeah, yeah. And revision yeah first page of the book so it's okay i will have take my own time to finish my own syllabus so yeah. that was the that's that's beautiful i think that that is amazing and that's a bigger that's the one of the biggest takeaways that people should uh, you know take away if they had to take away something from today's session now parama we nearly nearly come to an end of an hour so your last thoughts today and is there something that you wish to tell or you wish to share with us today um uh, thank you so much i mean for i, I didn't know that one hour has passed <laughs> like and i i still don't know where the six years have passed with my brand uh, now that you said it's one hour it was so lovely talking to you talking about things i've hardly there are things which i've never spoken in any other interview or to anyone i have been very candid with you absolute honest and absolutely um politically incorrect uh in certain <laughs> <laughs> that's what we love we don't want political correctness because it's all about you and we are all flawed but we are still you know connected in that oneness and that's what you break you know through your work um through the person that you are it's it's this connectivity that you have connected a whole uh, i think generation rather I, i can't even say generation because you have successfully made a line for mothers and you know grandmothers and you know, like everyone really so you the, the connectivity that you have the net that you have built it's it's incredible it's incredible I, that is also it's very flattering because that's that's what we wish to do that is what uh, we did not plan but happened and uh, i'm very glad about it and in this pandemic the only parting thoughts which i have already shared is you know look after your business in a way it's a huge learning for us in a way that it can you know true sustainability is sustaining the people who run your business i mean we talk about a lot of other other things other aspects of sustainability but sustainability is even in the pandemic if you can uh, you know pay all your people take care of all your people run a business in a situation where if there is say 6 months of no business how would you run your um, uh, venture still uh, i think that is a huge learning from the pandemic and i think everyone should work on that instead of you know minting money when the sun is uh, up there what we should always uh, learn is how to save it for times which we can't foresee and this yeah. is here to stay so 
we have to be very very careful and that for me is true sustainability how you sustain your workforce yeah that comes first that comes yeah. first how you sustain your workforce is very very important yeah that's brilliant and i think that's that's going to be something that people can learn from you and before i let you go i want to share a story with you and this is again something that happened on the streets of san francisco back in 20 um 16 or 17 i can't remember the year exactly there is this lady and her husband they are from mexico and they sell bags those kind of you know those sling bags and the sling bags have frida kahlo images on them right so i said you know what i have a blouse from somebody in india which has this exact same you know thing uh, on it and she turned around and there is this person in mexico i'm not sure you'll ever meet her she turned around and said i have heard i have heard there is somebody in india who makes these kind of blouses and i was like well there you go parma so i think that's that's a story that i wanted to tell you in person but i thought why not i'll share it today <laughs> so that is how fourth moment thank you so much yeah, really so that is yeah so that is that is what your reach is and we wish you and i personally wish you all the very best in life and uh, i don't i know there are a lot of people who want to see you grow and see you you know touching the sky is your limit i mean you've you've achieved a lot and we have no doubts that you're going to go places so thank you very much for your time today thank you thank you dr shri